Welcome to the Evolve Podcast. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now, it's time to disrupt. Hey, man. How you How doing? You doing? Good, good. How, How you? What's, uh, what's the temperature out there where you're living in Oberlin, Ohio? It's about 40, rainy, gray, stunning. You know, I woke up this morning and it was 18 degrees. Now, my typical routine when I get up at 4.30 in the morning is I walk outside, open up the bathrobe so that I can feel the, the cold on my skin. And, nice. Uh, that was a different feeling this morning. Cold, yeah. cold, cold. So I think you get yep. it. You get it. When, uh, when yeah. it's cold here, you're getting it uh, coming your way. Yeah. It's like balmy weather a, for Oberlin. There's a, couple, there's a couple of types of cold. There's the kind of cold that I really appreciate. Yep. And then yep. there's a cold that when you're out, it almost goes right to your bones. It cuts right through you. Yeah. Right through you. You know, and, and you know how it is in Utah. We don't have that oh, yeah. bone chilling cold like you get right. out there. That's right. Because it's right. not the humidity. But lately, there's been a lot of wind. There's a lot of humidity. It feels not quite the same, but it's pretty similar to what you get out in uh, Ohio. Yeah. Hey, so yeah. we got we got cold weather here. We got snow too. You know, it snowed like about a week and a half ago. It was like balmy, almost ninety degrees out yep. here in Utah. We're running around in speedos, um, <laughs> putting up the beach towels, and then the next day it snows. And it was interesting to drive to work that next day because the snow is the immediate fear factor for people. I mean, all of a oh, yeah. sudden, everybody forgets yeah. how to drive. And I'm driving yeah. to work. It literally took me what normally takes me about 40, 45 minutes. It took me over two hours to get to work the other day. Wow. And wow. what an amazing thing to sit back and watch because human beings that normally can drive on the road were driving in sheer terror and fear. And I thought to myself, you know, you guys, you live here, most of you. And you drive in this every single year, but yet it's always that first few snowstorms where people drive in fear. And it got me thinking about fear and how paralyzed people get when they have fear and when they lean into that fear. Steve, I used to dread, and when I first moved to Utah, I used to dread that 30 minute drive or 20 minute drive from Salt Lake City to uh, South Jordan. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what people fear is they fear the other people because I used to watch yeah, I think that's driving. Part of it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've seen more accidents in Utah than I've seen in my entire life. But that trek was rife with fear. Like two hands on the steering wheel, 30 miles an hour. White knuckle. Crap in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> You literally, I, but everybody has that, that reaction when it comes to fear, though. And I think that what it made me think of is how paralyzed people become when, when they get fearful. Fear right. is the great paralyzer. And whether you're a good driver, a bad driver, an okay driver, if you have fear, you become a horrible yeah. driver. It's like that with anything else in life, though. I mean, think about when you are getting up in front of people to speak, yeah. and you might yeah. be... A very eloquent speaker you may be a good conversationalist maybe you're funny but you get a fear stuck in your head all of that yeah. goes away and you just stop yeah. being your best self you stop being brilliant 
Yeah, it has a lot to do with, uh, well, in certain instances, it has to do with preparation, whether you thought you prepared. And then the other one is from situations where you couldn't prepare. Yeah, that's you part know, of you it. Had some things you could, and you, and all of a sudden, you know, the, here comes this creeping fear, and all of a sudden you stop thinking. I mean, I, you know, when, when you as you're ta- as you're talking about this, one of the first things I'm thinking about is um, the NBA with guys who, mm. you know, during the course of the game they can shoot, run and jump, and then they get on the free throw line, and all of a sudden they're isolated, all alone. Yep. Yep. And they can't hit a free throw. Yeah. And Some of the best players. Fear in the world yeah. were horrible at the free throw, free throw line because they would get paralyzed by fear. I'm reading a new book. Uh, actually, I'm reading it and I'm listening to it called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And Gay is an author that uh, our good friend Casey Ruff had on his podcast. And this book, The Big Leap, talks about fears and beliefs that we have that might be in the subconscious mind that keep us from being in our uh, zone of brilliance, like that zone, that area of it's our absolute best self. It's where we are not just good, not just great, but truly brilliant. And he talks about fear in a, I guess an analogy is the best way you could describe it, where it's it's like a you're squeezing a tennis ball or you're squeezing a racquetball. And while you're squeezing it and you're squeezing it, you're becoming more and more tense. And that tennis ball or that racquetball is more tense. And we tend to think that that tennis ball or that racquetball is now controlling us. But he says fear is when or, or becoming awake to fear and what its true power is, is literally becoming awake to the fact that we are the ones squeezing the tennis ball. We are the ones that are squeezing that, that racquetball. And as soon as we let it go, and it simply is just a matter of saying, you know what, there's nothing to be afraid of, then that ball can go away. And we don't have to have that tension in our body. You know, I've right. seen people drive in amazing, amazing, crazy situations because they weren't fearful and they were able to steer out of a, a really bad turn or yeah. in situations where maybe somebody felt that anxiety of speaking in front of a group and they leaned into that and then their brilliance comes out. And I think that life is that way, that when we have that fear and we hold on to it, it's not that the fear is gripping us, it's that we are gripping the fear and it truly is just a matter of letting go so that we can get into that zone of brilliance because we're not brilliant when we're tense. We're not brilliant when we are fearful. We're not brilliant when we're stiff. We're brilliant when we're loose. We're brilliant when we are um, stepping into the unknown in a, in a very comfortable and relaxed way. You just said something really interesting, which is, um, let me see if I can get this right the way you said it, because it, it this is almost applicable to the way the French use verbs and the way Americans use verbs. And you said the fear is gripping us. Mm. And the, yeah. the ball is gripping us. And then and, and flip it and go, we grip the ball. Well, in French, in, in, in French, you don't say, I am afraid. Yeah, it's, yeah. In French, you say, I have fear. Mm. And in saying you have fear means it's easier to relinquish it. But if you are fear, it's part of your being. Yeah, yeah. And you can't get rid of it. I always found that phenomenal that the way the French use verbs and the way we use verbs, because the thing becomes us. 
Yeah. And that's much harder to relinquish or release as opposed to if you just have something, because if you have it, you can give it away. So there's something about our relationship where when you and I talk, it weirds me out at times because you're talking about the French, you're talking about language. And I literally like a week and a half ago was reading a study that said that if people study language, it doesn't necessarily make them smarter, but it helps them to relate to the world in a different way because yeah. of the way different languages relate to what's happening to us in life. And that's a right. key point. I was talking to my daughter about this the other day. Far too many people, when they talk about depression or anxiety, they, they label it as mine. That's my depression, my anxiety. Right. When you label it, it becomes <laughs> yours. You own it, man. You, you are that. When you say, yeah. I feel anxiety. Like, think about, I've spoken to groups that are massive, large groups, hundreds, thousands of people, right? Not hundreds like of thousands. Massive wonderlust groups? Yes, massive wonderlust <laughs> groups, which we're going to get to in just a second. She's here. <laughs> but I've spoken to massive groups where I feel that sense of anxiety. And it's really the same feeling that I used to feel when I was a sprinter. And I was in the blocks and I was waiting for that gun to go off. And you got two choices. You can say, I have anxiety or I am anxious. Or you can say, you know what? My body is prepping to get ready for something that's really big. You focus that energy and you utilize that energy to be your best in that particular situation. Speaking of the well, French. They, well, they say that uh, fear and excitement are the exact same thing perceived differently. They really are. It's all about perception, but the energy is exactly the same if you examine Yeah, the energy is the same. Yep. So we're not talking France today, but we are talking to somebody who has Croatian roots. We are talking to somebody from whose family came from Europe, and we are going to talk about travel. Now, Miles, you've traveled a lot, right? I have been around a few places. Yeah. Travel is something that's really fascinating when it comes to our evolution and our growth, oh, because yeah. I think that travel expands our soul. It expands our mindset, expands our perspective. We go from the little place that we're from, whatever that little place is, into the broader world, and it helps us to see things in a different way. And so we're excited to talk uh, tonight. We've got Linda from um, Wanderlust here, and we're going to talk to her in just a second. But uh, are, you, are you ready to go, Miles? You've shaved. I, I You've showered. Shaved. You're I ready. smell good. I can smell you from here, man. Man, because I put the right cologne on. Let's Amen, do brother. this. <laughs> well, and with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve Podcast. Joining us remotely from his basement in Oberlin, Ohio, the most interesting man that I know is W. Miles Riley. Welcome, Miles. God, I love when you say that. Go ahead. Let's <laughs> say it again. And the god of audio video in the Udo studio, the man behind the curtain making the magic happen, our very own Thor, Jake Thora. Welcome, Jake, waving at Let's us behind the screen. And coming to you live from the studio in Udo in the mountains of Utah, I am Steve Cutler. Tonight, guys, we are very fortunate to be joined by Linda Calmetta. Hi, Linda. Hello. 
Glad, great to have you. Uh, so Linda's parents are from Croatia, right? They are. They came to the United States in the early 1970s. And Linda says that when she was little, she used to take trips with mom and dad to Croatia for the summer. And so she began traveling at a very young age. After college, Linda moved from Michigan, where they were living, to Chicago. They traveled to Mexico, the Dominican Republic, Jamaica, Antigua and Barbuda. She says, I fell in love with uh, the beautiful beaches and the aqua blue ocean water. In 2006, Linda had a change in life and she lost what she considered at the time her dream job. She was devastated, but she decided to plan a road trip. That's what most people do when they're devastated, right? <laughs> Just say, fuck it, I'm planning a road trip. Yep. So she said, fuck it, I'm planning a road trip. And she went on to see the Western United States. After the road trip, she got home and said, double fuck it. And she and her boyfriend caught the travel bug and spent the next five weeks traveling through 13 countries in Europe. Now, their travels have led Linda and her boyfriend to create what's called Massive Wanderlust, a map company that helps people track their travels. Now, I got to be honest, when Linda showed me this, uh, some of these maps, I fell in love instantly with the maps, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, Linda Explorer. Hello. Welcome. And that's actually my Instagram name. <laughs> yeah, I love that. There's Some people have got great Instagram names. Some of them suck. I really like this one. I literally have the hashtag explore more on all my posts. And nice. I even have an explore more. You've got hoodie. the hoodie. Nice. <laughs> so you love getting out. You love exploring you know, on your Instagram. You get out, you hike, mm -hmm. you're out, what, trail running? I do a little trail running, okay. um, but mainly hiking, yes. Hiking through the mountains of Utah. And then you've got a trip coming up as well, right? You're I traveling do. to Europe again? Um, actually, a little bit farther. Oh. A little bit farther away. Um, it is a big birthday for me. So I am actually going to... Miles, she looks great for 62, don't you think? <laughs> Stunning. Whatever it is, put it in a bottle and sell it. Okay, Spend I will. I will. Um, but no, I'm actually going to go to Dubai and wow. Thailand. Okay. Ooh, Dubai and Thailand. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so let's talk about travel, Linda. What is it about travel that you think changes us? Um, the, the number one thing that for me is when you travel to a different country, it literally forces you to learn how and see how people live in that mm -hmm. country and you know you can see the different cultures and the food and 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 that is so interesting to me just to see how different people live and then it makes me realize man i have a shitty life <laughs> yeah. or you know what i mean like it's like wow these people live so much better and their their work life balance is 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 much better than here you know they have more vacation time and uh medical benefits and you know there's it's yeah. you do learn a lot of things but um it's just so exciting to just learn you know what each country does i think a lot of people though when they travel they look at it and say wow those other people have a shitty life and i've got a pretty good life <laughs> and it's pretty cush it's pretty easy um and that can change perspective for a short period of time too yes yeah but uh, so you talk about food i think food is integral with travel if you're not eating the local cuisine 
you're oh, really yeah. not experiencing the travel. Talk about some of the some of the food that you've had on your travels. Um, of course, when I'm in Austria, I'm I'm gonna try their schnitzel. Schnitzel, schnitzel. and the Bavarian cream. Yes, yeah. and you have to try that. And of course, you know when you're in in Paris, the macaroons mm. and the baguettes and the croissants are just to die for. Yeah. Like, um, I literally when I go there, I there's this one bakery that has. I kid you not, these these macaroons are massive, and I always take a few home with me. Just, Ugh. they're so good. <laughs> making my mouth water. You know, the funny thing is, because we talk a lot of health and fitness on the Evolve podcast, when people who have a gluten intolerance travel to Europe and they eat bread, they don't experience the gluten intolerance there. No. Yeah, in Italy, the pasta is a little bit different, and it, it, I feel like it just goes, it just digests much easier. So it's a better wheat. Yes, we grow a shitty wheat in America. <laughs> it's horrible, and and it's amazing. I think that's one of the things when you travel, you realize that what you think is food in your area is not considered food in many other areas. Years ago, the United States tried to ship out wheat to Africa, and they said no. They would not accept the food that we were sending to them as quote unquote aid because it didn't meet mm -hmm. the standards of health that they had. They said we would rather starve than eat the shit that you're sending us mm -hmm. essentially. And food, I think, is this massive part of the experience in creating this evolution or this expansion of who we are. Okay, weirdest food you've ever had while you've traveled, where? Oh, it's probably gonna be in Thailand, I think. <laughs> So, okay. um, I, I am more picky when I eat, but, um, I am going to be more open-minded and that's one thing that I'm trying to evolve into is really trying different things. Um, you know, I'm, I don't like spices too much, but mm. you know, I, I, I'm willing to try. So right now I haven't really tasted anything weird, but I feel like I okay. will on <laughs> my next adventure. All right. So when you go to Dubai, I want you to find one of those backstreet places and eat the weirdest shit, and you need to send us a picture. We're gonna I tag will. it, okay? I will. All right. So weird shit, Linda. Oh, no, we, is the hashtag, Miles. We, we are. We we gonna put we gonna put Linda in the hot seat for a second because mm. I think I smell. I think I smell some hypocrisy here. Yeah, I'm smelling hypocrisy. I think a few, uh -oh. a few minutes. A few minutes ago, she said, "Well, traveling it gets you to do things differently." What you want to ask? She tell her just. She's just a little picky about the food. You better get in there and eat everything. She I will. Like, she I likes will. the macaroons. Yeah, the macaroons. <laughs> but that's the whole idea with the podcast is we're going to push people too, right? So we're disrupting. Linda's going to go yeah. over and eat some weird yes. shit on the side streets of Dubai. And Thailand. That's and right. Thailand. Now, Thai food. Right. I, man, I'll tell you, I went to a Thai restaurant once. The next two days I was in the bathroom. So I'm not a fan <laughs> of Thai food in America. I'll have to try it there. But travel really does expand us. I mean, it expands our mind. It expands the soul. Um, talk a little bit about how traveling has expanded your perspective of the world. Yes. Um, it, it really opened my eyes to the, the beauty uh, that's around and just, you know, I love hiking and, and nature and just the mountains there are mm. amazing. And just looking at the um, architecture you know, there you have your Paris, your Eiffel Tower, and there's yeah. there's so many different uh, buildings, and then the art. Uh, it's it just there's so much to see and learn that it it just really um, feeds my soul. 
Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> or you talk about architecture. You know, it's a, it's amazing in America. You think about how old we are in America and what some of the oldest buildings are. And you actually have to go to certain parts of the country to see old buildings. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in Utah, you're lucky to see a building that's 100 years old, maybe 150 years old. That's like two people, right? I mean, people are living to be 80, 90 years old. That's less than two people ago. But you go to some of these other countries and you're talking about buildings that are literally hundreds of years old. There's a soul to those places. A lot of history. Yeah, there is a history that is, um, I mean, it resonates with you in a different way. What's one of the places that you feel like when you traveled there that it created the biggest disruption in your soul? I would say when I walked into the Notre Dame and was this before or after the fire? This was before. This was before. before. This was in okay. 2016. And man, I never had a feeling like I did when I walked in there. And I don't know if it was because they had a service going on and there was a, a boy singing and it was the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. Um, but it added to the ambiance and just the the whole feeling and um, that just just being in there really gave me that amazing feeling like, wow, it's just un undescribable. Yeah, it really was. It kind of imprints on you. In a it really way. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. What's one of the weirdest places that you've been? Um, hmm. One of the weirdest places. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to just go back through all of my travels and. And maybe the, our definition, what's your definition of weird? <laughs> you. Because maybe. <laughs> Miles Riley. Um, okay, she's so... never been to my place. That's true. Yeah, Miles Miles Place is the weirdest place I've been to. Yeah, that's that's the weirdest place I've been to too. You, you mentioned before the show we were talking about an experience that you had when you were on the beach, and where were you? So I was in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Now, when I think of raccoons, I had a re really weird experience with a raccoon recently. I was out on a walk. I like to go for walks at night, and at this time of the year, that means I'm walking in the dark because I go home when it's dark. And I'm out for a walk. All of a sudden, I see this shadow in front of me walking across the road, and I think, oh my gosh, that's a raccoon. So I slow down, and I think that I'm giving this thing enough berth to where it's got plenty of space to get across the road. But halfway across the road, it notices me, puts its tail end up in the air, and starts running at me like it's going to come and attack me. I'm thinking, you piece of shit. I'm out on a walk. You're not going to bug me. So I start running at the raccoon and making noises. And he stops. And he's not sure what the hell he's going to do. And then he, like, starts to turn the other way. And then he goes, well, wait a minute. Maybe I could take this guy. He comes at me again. I make louder noises, run faster towards him. And then he bolts in the opposite direction. Now, yours was a different experience with raccoons. I right? had a different experience. So this was at Manuel Antonio National Park. So it's their national, one of their national parks over there. And um, there's huge signs everywhere that says, do not bring any food, but people still do. You know, they bring sandwiches and they have their backpacks when they're hiking around. Yeah. Well, 
So we did have a backpack and we didn't know this. So I had it on the ground. Um, Olivier went swimming and I started to Olivier's walk. Olivier is your boyfriend. Olivier is my boyfriend. Okay. And I started walking in the water. And for some reason, I just decided to turn around, just looking at my surroundings. And I see four or five of these raccoons coming to my backpack. Mm. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on so i'm like started to run at them and i'm like waving my hands in the air and i'm screaming at them and they're just looking at me like what what are you gonna do like they're they're not scared <laughs> and so finally they um the ranger the local ranger ended up coming and they were scared of him but i was kind of like well i'm literally running at you why aren't you <laughs> scared of me um and then wait well, you, you don't look very intimidated i guess i, I mean, don't <laughs> miles are you intimidated by linda uh, a little slightly okay. I hate All right. All right. <laughs> so um later on the 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 gang came back the raccoon gang and you literally i literally saw them they they will open up your zipper your backpack and take what's in your bag if you have food and and if you look at the hands of a little raccoon <laughs> they literally have little tiny hands like us it's like how are they doing this yeah. yeah and they literally will go to every single backpack or wherever there's people and even if you're sitting next to your backpack they don't care they're gonna go and they just come right up to they're you. gonna attack it yeah <laughs> wow that's amazing. <laughs> Okay, so that's got to be one of the strangest experiences. I think, yeah, that's probably the strangest. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm digging that one. All right, so let's talk good, bad, and the ugly. What's the best destination you've been to so far? Well, I just spoke about Costa Rica. I think Costa Rica actually was, it is my my number one still. Okay. Um, I, I mean, every country has their, their charm, but Costa Rica was the most beautiful and the, my, the, the most fun I've ever had. Okay. And uh, interesting. What what about it? What about Costa Rica made you like it so much? I think it was doing just seeing all the the different animals. So we we did some tours where we got. So to it wasn't just raccoons. No, it wasn't just raccoons. Mm -hmm. um, there were so many of the tropical birds, and um, what you do with the tour, they have these powerful binoculars and this is how you can see all the animals and then you can just take your phone and take pictures through the binoculars mm. um, but we got to see so many different species of animals it's down to frogs to ants like the working ants and the the parrots and monkeys and sloths um, oh there's also the um, what is it called it's the hawk it's the wasp uh, no sorry um the hawk wasp. That no, no, cool. no. They're... Miles. That's a <laughs> no, new... here it is. It's the, the hawk wasp. No, no, no. It's the tarantula. new name. Miles <laughs> it's... the hawk wasp. Sorry, I had a brain fart. It's the tarantula hawk. So. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. It's it's a tarantula hawk. But is that a tarantula no, or a it's, hawk? No, it's a wasp. Oh, it's a wasp. It's a wasp. So you're talking about a bee that's called the tarantula hawk. Yes. Miles, how do you feel Does about that? Does it fly? Does it fly? The yeah, it's a wasp. It's like it's a wasp. Okay. <laughs> she says with disdain. Yeah, dummy, it's a wasp. No, I would I ask wanna, the same I, question. Are you looking it up? I, I can see your yeah, fingers yeah, clicking. Look it up because you're gonna a see tarantula? it's tarantula. The tarantula. It tarantula. So Hawk. these these wasps. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Keep these going. wasps. Basically, if they catch a tarantula, it's what they do. 
they when they kill the tarantula, they literally wait a minute. A wasp kills a tarantula. <laughs> yeah. Well, Holy shit, these things are huge. <laughs> this one does. <laughs> Miles, are you find well, it? Yeah, I got one that is absolutely stunning in color. That is beautiful. Yeah, see that? And one actually flew by me. I, I freaked out. Hey, Miles, see if you can cast it up on your Zoom screen. <laughs> so what these things do is when they catch oh a tarantula and kill it, they literally lay their oh. eggs in the tarantula. Oh, that's savage. <laughs> it's so bad. That is savage. <laughs> So these are things. I have my new favorite animal. <laughs> Not only am I going to kill you, but I'm going to lay my babies inside of you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> things we learned on the tour. <laughs> okay, so this had to have created an evolution inside of you where you're like, not only am I going to destroy you, but I am laying my babies inside of you. Wow. Yeah, I really felt for the tarantulas. Miles, did you pull that up? Do you know how to cast on there? No, I don't. Okay. All right. That is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, these things are huge. For our listeners, all you need to do is go to Google, type in tarantula hawk, hit images, go down. Look at that. I mean, that. You see it? Oh, there, <laughs> there you go. Is. You got it on the YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a guy that has his palm out, and this thing is bigger than his palm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they lay their babies inside of the tarantula, and you saw these things? The, so I was on a tour, um, and one oh. flew right by us, and of course I screamed like a girl. So if it killed you, <laughs> would it lay its babies inside of you? No, I think for humans it wouldn't do too much damage. No, well, I still like it. <laughs> okay, so you saw the tarantula hawk. What else did you see in Costa Rica? Uh, my favorite parrot is the Quetzal. Okay. And this bird is so beautiful and just the, the its chirp and its song is so cool. Um The Quetzal. What it's did you a Quetzal. I don't okay. know how to spell that. I have a video. That's all right. I'm um, gonna find but... this. Miles, did you find the Quetzal? Quetzal. Quetzal? I think it's I, I... Nope. I typed in the Quetzal and it said kettlebell swing. No. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's the way it's spelled okay so costa rica is one of the best places you've been yeah. to because you saw some amazing things you saw my favorite animal that lays <laughs> its babies inside of you now um worst destination you've been to oh uh, okay worst destination um was punta cana Ooh, okay. and the only reason and it, it wasn't it was my fault it was probably my fault but we must have ate something bad and got sick so we were in the hotel montezuma's revenge <laughs> maybe yeah okay all right so we only got to spend one day <clears throat> on the beach and so i think because of that that was probably the worst one day on the beach and I three didn't... days on the porcelain <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah okay all right. so it didn't really get to explore much of that area okay most disgusting so we're talking good bad and ugly what's the most disgusting destination you've been to um hmm i don't think i there's really i don't think i've been to a really like disgusting place well you must be staying at these five-star resorts oh no though. no no Come i'm on. not staying at five-star resorts you need resorts. to change it from linda explorer <laughs> to linda five-star here um you know there's a particular you haven't noticed that uh 
Linda, there's a particular theme, Steve, that she's uh, <clears throat> uh, alluding to with all her trips. You notice the weather is always warm. Mm. The plant and vegetation is pretty mm -hmm. thick. Always beautiful. We haven't heard. You're always beautiful. We haven't heard a frigid place yet. Well, it's because she grew up in in Michigan. <laughs> You'd feel I, the same way if you grew up in Michigan. Yeah, I'm definitely a summer person. Olivier is a winter person, so and we have been to many destinations in the cold, like Chamonix. Um, oh, you know, yeah. going up there, and we saw some base jumpers. So, Very cool. Um, but that wasn't disgusting. That was actually kind of cool. Yeah, that um, would be cool. I've always <laughs> wanted to go to Chamonix. Yeah. Um, yeah, Where, where's where's Olivier from? Olivier, he was born in Paris. Okay. And his parents now live in the Alps in Annecy. Mm. So it's really beautiful there. I've hiked. Um, there's mountains you can hike there, La Tournette. Um, actually, next to La Tournette is where I paraglided. Oh, really? That's okay. Where, that's where I ran off the mountain. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. I love paragliding. Talk about your first experience paragliding. What did that feel like? Oh, man, that was, talk about fear. Um, I was so scared. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And it literally took me about a half hour to, to get the courage to just even put the straps on and just like to, you know, to do it. And luckily the guide was really nice. And, mm -hmm. and so... I just, uh, like you said, I let go of that ball and just went mm. for it. And I'm so glad I did because that was an experience. It was like slow motion, mm. you know? It, it, well, actually we really were, we were probably going fast, but I felt like we were going super slow, yeah. but yeah. just to be up that high and, um, I will be honest, though, I did get a little uh, motion sickness. <laughs> so he was the, the guide was like, OK, if you have to throw up, do it on this side because the way the wind was blowing. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, unfortunately, I um, threw up a little bit. And so there's a goat in the Alps that has your vomit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it was there was no houses. But, yeah, probably a mountain goat got some of that whatever I ate that day. What a great experience. So, <laughs> so it's funny that you bring this up with, you know, the fear when it comes to paragliding. So years ago, I took paragliding lessons. Uh, I had a friend of mine that would come into the gym and he was a world champion paraglider, which I had no idea that, that was actually a thing. Did you know that was a thing, Miles? You could be a world champion no. in paragliding. And I asked him, I said, how do you do that? It's basically you have to fly from one place to the next and then you have all these challenges of flying here, flying there. You have to get a different elevation. And this guy became a world champion in paragliding, right? So I went on a flight with him one time and I said, I'm hooked, I'm done. Like I need to learn how to do this. First few flights I did were all on my own and learning how to do this was just one of the most fascinating things. The first flight I took off of any area that I would have considered any type of height, you know, I'm not just like flying 10 feet and then landing again. I remember running to the edge and what they teach you is you just keep running. As soon as the paraglider takes off, you keep running, you keep your feet moving like you're running. And for our listeners who have not experienced this, but have flown in their dreams, it is the exact same feeling. <laughs> you literally just float mm -hmm. and you talk about slow motion. Yeah. And that is, that's what it feels like. I, I had somebody say to me, oh, you must be an extreme adrenaline junkie because you love to rock climb and you're taking paragliding lessons and you must love adrenaline. It's the opposite of that. 
it was literally like floating in a dream the first time I paraglided. And every time after that, it just was a beautiful experience. But yet, we think it's going to be something different than it is, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Was there a place, Linda, that you traveled to that you thought was going to be one way and it ended up being something different? Maybe you thought it was mm -hmm. going to be ugly and it was beautiful or it was going to be beautiful and it was ugly or it was going to be difficult and it was easy. Yes. Um, when I went to Paris, I, I was, was expecting. Yeah, mm. no, it's true because you know it's in the movies. You see this, yeah. like yeah. you know, it's sunny and it's like beautiful, and you have all these people dressed up, you know, so fashionable, which is you oh. know, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I got there, it was dark, gloomy, and I've heard it's Paris gross. has some pretty. Yeah. I've never been, but Paris I've heard pretty, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's 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 not, got some pretty gully places. It yeah. does. It yeah. really does. Yeah. So I don't have great pictures the first time I went to the Eiffel Tower because it was just blah. Um, and the second time I went to the Eiffel Tower, it was a little bit better, but it was still cloudy and, yeah. um, you know. But yeah, it's um, it's not what people think it is. Well, expectations don't always meet with what reality is, and that's one of the things I love about travel. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I, I think life is the same way. We have expectations for life. It doesn't pan out that way. So what? Welcome to life. And mm -hmm. what are you going to do now? Right. So talk about your experience in Paris when it wasn't beautiful and amazing. And, you know, these gorgeous women in beautiful dresses and the perfect sunlight. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I had a really good tour guide since I had uh, I'm dating somebody. That, a guy that lived there. Yeah, a guy that lived yeah, there. Yeah, a guy that grew up there. <laughs> so I'd imagine he's probably pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He knows his way around. So we just got to see the different sites, like the Louvre, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, got to see Mona Lisa and, um, you know, just went to Montmartre. Uh, and just really just started just to see all the major hot spots. So we still did our thing. Um, and for our listeners in the Midwest, Momarts is not Menards, <laughs> which it sounds the same. <laughs> Menards is where you go get your shovels and your uh, tack and your feed. But what's Momarts? <laughs> well, it's it's a uh, it's a church, and it's 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 um, I should know this. My history is not the greatest, but it's like there's so many steps up there, and it's it's just. Hey, we called you Linda the Explorer. I know. We I'm call you Linda the Historian. It's yeah, okay. I am not the historian, but right. um, no, it's uh, just overall, it's just gorgeous. Like, just to see the architecture of the different buildings around, and um, you know, we got to see all of those those things at least, even though even though the weather was bad. What's the most inspiring thing when you've traveled? What inspires you? What inspires me? Um, just seeing. Um, that's a good question. Just what, what am I going to see when I get there? You know, like what kind of, I, I love sunsets mm. and I think sunsets really are what inspires me the most because it's every, every night it's different, you know, in, in every place and, and no matter how your day went, it can prove to end beautifully. And mm. so I really do look forward to the sunsets, especially when I'm in those nice warm places, you know, on the beaches. <laughs> yeah. She's hanging out with the raccoons, Miles. Raccoons have you ever been? Have you ever been, um, I, when I went to uh, Panama, um, my, my wife at the time and I, we, we got lost a, a few times in jungles. 
And once we got over the fear, we had an amazing experiences. But initially, when you don't know which way to go, and you just point in the direction, and hopefully it'll get you to where you want to be, that's pretty harrowing. Have you ever been lost anywhere? Oh, yeah. And Olivier, he loves getting lost because that's he loves the challenge. And he he really loves to find different ways. Even when we're hiking, I'm, I have to bushwhack all the time and I hate it. But, you know, he just loves to find different ways um, to get somewhere. There's it, it's interesting you say that there was a guy that I met years ago that his motto for life was the the old motto of not all who wander wander are lost mm -hmm. and he was a wanderer he was a guy that just he loved to go out and experience and i think sometimes getting lost so to speak is how you find yourself mm -hmm. because you have to dig a little bit deeper you've got to uh, find more inside of yourself to find where you want to go mm -hmm. yeah. where, where's one of your favorite places that you've gotten lost um, probably my favorite place would actually, it was in Croatia, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> mom and dad weren't there. Mom and dad were not there. Um, well, no, at home? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were hiking, um, the mountain there, the Velabit. Okay. And so we went, we did a tour in the cave. And then what you do is you just kind of, and went. you speak Croatian. So you can ask how to, I could have, but there was nobody there. <laughs> how do you, how do you say, where the hell am I in Croatian? <laughs> Well, that was like less than I thought. Yeah, where am I? Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Where the where hell am I? I don't know what hell would be. Um, if you want to put translate. like some emphasis on it. Uh, I'm lost. Uh, Get me somewhere. Um, Ooh, I stumped her. Yeah, you th I'm trying okay. to. <laughs> we'll come back to We'll come a, back to that, yeah. Apparently, the Croatian is a little bit. Croatian's a little bit rusty right rusty now. Right yeah, now. Rusty right now. Hopefully, mom and dad are not listening Yeah, to hopefully, this. they're not okay. listening. Yes. All right. So, you got lost in Croatia. <laughs> yes, on the mountain, believe it or not. And mm. so, you're supposed to go, there's supposed to be a loop, and there, it's in, the mountains there are very rocky. Okay. So, there's no clear trail so we basically made our own trail and um it took us a little like three hours extra than mm. normal that's a little more than a little little yeah, yeah um but we got to see you know a little village going down and we got you know they had a whole bunch of animals and um it was actually kind of cool to see um it wasn't the end of the world and at first it was the end of the world i'm like well, how yeah, are we getting back? Feel like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah, you know, there was a sense of peace knowing that, okay, I see, I see some farm animals, you know, there's a little hut over here. Okay. There's, you know, there's some civilization. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the real adventure begins when all the shit hits the fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think about some of the best trips I've ever been on and it literally was when the shit hit the fan, that's when the fun started. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, what are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. You know, we were, I remember one time years ago, we had taken a trip to go climbing in, in Yosemite and we're in the valley and this is in like June, maybe July. And it started to rain and then it started to snow and we were thought there's no way we're going to be able to climb. It's going to take a long time to dry out. So we start leaving the valley and we're thinking that maybe we'll drive back up to Lake Tahoe and do some climbing there. And halfway out of the valley, the uh, windshield wipers on my Jeep break. 
and I've got to drive in the snow with my hand out the window so that the windshield wiper can hit my hand and bounce back. That was when the trip started. That was the point huh. where uh, the shit had hit the fan <laughs> and all the adventure was going mm -hmm. on right there. And that's kind of how travel is, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. You get lost. Mm -hmm. That's when you find those cool places that you wouldn't have experienced any, any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, maybe for our listeners, there might be one or two uh, lessons of life in there. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy in that. What's uh, we should ask our listeners what 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 they think. Well, or where have they been lost in their travels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you we find when you were lost? This. Yeah, what did you find when you were lost? Mm -hmm. was, talk to us. Tell us all these adventures. You know, the funny thing is when you're lost, that's when you actually do find stuff. When you know places, you don't pay attention as much, right? I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It was funny. You know, we, we lived in uh, Cincinnati for a couple of years. And I remember at the end of that stint there, and uh, I'd gone out to lunch with a, a group of my employees, and we're talking about all the cool things that we had seen while we lived in Cincinnati. And about halfway through, when I was going through and telling people the places we'd been to, they looked at me, they're like, holy shit, we've lived here our whole life, and we've never been to half of that, those places. And how sad it is that even in your own town, you haven't seen, and you haven't adventured, you haven't uh wandered to the point mm -hmm. where you've gotten lost in your own town to experience something new yeah but we do that right i think so yeah yeah we just know what we know and mm -hmm. we never get out there yeah um any bad experiences when you've traveled anything that you would consider one of your worst experiences um for the most part i think just the one in punta cana that was where we got sick and um in jamaica we were just in the hotel as well we didn't really explore much around we just were listening we went to the the shows they had at night and um so that was kind of boring i think just yeah. doing that and no offense to people who love doing that but i it the oh, i want to i want to create some offense. that's what this podcast is about let's, it's let's, disrupting we okay. want to offend people yeah. who sit on the couch and live the same shit life over and over again. <laughs> yeah. You're pathetic. You need to change. Yeah. Those, those shows, they're cheesy, you know, yeah. um, some can be fun, but yeah, that's not a vacation. I, I did it once and I'm like, never again, this is not a vacation for me. Yeah. So yeah, you, you do have different. to explore. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, don't really have too many bad experiences to be honest. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, I think when you have them, you hopefully make them better, right? Well, sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's always going to be things coming up, and especially our next trip, you know, with COVID. It's stressful because there's many things that can't happen. If they do, we're going to have to figure out what what, what, what are we going to do. For example, uh, if a flight gets canceled, yeah. Yeah. Um, are we going to get tested mm. and are we going to get the results? on time yeah. to go to the next destination are we going to get COVID if we test positive then what do we do yeah. or right now even if if a country closes what's our you know do are you going to get stuck there are we yeah. going to get stuck um you know where else can we go type of thing so there is a little stress but that's also what makes it exciting yeah all right i was getting ready to say it sounds like COVID has created the atmosphere of a great adventure. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going no matter what. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, Linda, if our listeners could only go to one place this year, based on your experience and where you've been, where would you tell them to go? I would tell them to go to Austria. Okay. 
Because that was my second favorite place because, um, and again, maybe it's because of my music background, you know, Mozart was born there. Mm. I got to see where he was born. Um, and they have these pink salt mines that we took Ooh. a tour. That was so much fun. Um, we got to put these funny looking jumpers on and- Miles wears those every day. <laughs> Yeah, so be, you already have one, so you can just take it with you. He just changed to put on his Evolve sweatshirt for the podcast, but it's usually a pink salt mine Yeah, and this is what you would use, that, and you literally slide down like the miners do, and you go to the cave, and you can see, like, all the pink salt everywhere. And oh, wow. That was a really cool experience. It and also for the ladies who like Swarovski, there's, mm. Swar there's the Swarovski. Swarovski, crystals, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So, um, and of course the schnitzel, you know, the food is. We all good. love the schnitzel. So I think overall, I think they j there's just so much history there and um, just a lot of different things you can do. So I would say Austria. Very cool. Now in front of us, we have this beautiful map <laughs> and I want to hold it up for the listeners that are watching the podcast. You've got a few maps, and this is one of the newer versions of the maps, right? Yes. So this is a uh, topographical map. You and your boyfriend decided that uh, from these travels, you wanted to create these maps. Mm -hmm. This is a newer one, which is a topographical map, and I absolutely love this because I love Utah. I love living here and I love seeing on this map where all of the high and the low points are. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about this map. Yeah, so we got the image. Um, anyone can get this image. And what we did with this image is we used 3D software and we picked which direction the sun was going to face mm. and then created the shadows and that creates that dimension. So this way you can see, you know, the, the Wasatch and in the different spots. Thor tells me to hold it up. There we go. And he's going to zoom in. There we go. Okay. Awesome. And we have this size. We have a bigger size too. And um, we're working on doing all the states. You know, if we're going to do the states that have mountains, and yeah. then we're going to do one with the whole United States like the, this. The texture is beautiful. And this is, I mean, this is a piece of art. Because you haven't, you've created it, but you haven't created it, right? Mm -hmm. This is Mother Earth. This is the, uh, this is Mother Nature. This is like right there, real raw. You can go climb this shit. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about it. The other thing that I absolutely love that I want to show in just a second. So when you and I connected and talked about some of these maps that you do where you scratch off the places you've been to, I thought, what a really cool thing for a couple of reasons. One, when you travel it's a very tactile it's a very visceral experience to travel you're feeling the place you're smelling the smells you are you're actually experiencing it and so then to come home and scratch off on this map where you've been mm -hmm. it's another tactile experience the other thing i love about it is that once you've been to multiple places on these maps am i giving away the whole thing um, here you can you can say okay. it yeah all right so underneath it's this beautiful watercolor painting of the world mm -hmm. that shows the connectedness so when we look at 
this map I think is a really cool one mm -hmm. and this is oh, wow. the world yes but you brought one to me one day where I scratched off and you're showing the beauty that's underneath it in this gorgeous watercolor painting mm -hmm. that shows the connectedness so how did you guys come up with the idea for this because this was your first map that you did yes, right this was the first one that we did and you know, Olivier, he is the map guy. Like he loves map and obviously he loves to travel. He's it's almost like a name that you have to become a map guy. Don't you think, Miles? <laughs> Olivier, what do you do? I build maps. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's been to a lot more countries than I have, probably double. Um, but yeah, so with with his knowledge of mapping and and with our travels, you know, cause we, we started traveling a lot more together. So mm -hmm. he wanted to, we wanted to create something that was interactive that can track where you've been in, in a fun way. And it, it, it can be educational too for, for the kids. And um, so it's, it's just a really fun idea that we came up with and um, he, he designed it. Um, it was, this is about six years ago that we started this. Um, so yeah, they really are beautiful maps and 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 so have you do you have one of these in your house where when you guys travel you come home and you scratch this off yes we do have okay. one um i thought about bringing it but um yes so we do have one that we where we've traveled together okay so it's a very again travel is a very tactile thing and one of the things i love about this is even though this is a flat map the topography on here makes me want to touch it. I yes. want to feel that tactile. Like it just, it's beautiful. <laughs> Same thing here. I love the fact that you can scratch off as you travel across and you have a United States map, right? We have United States. We have national parks. Oh, and you have a national parks. Yep. Okay. National parks. And we even have Mexico. Oh, there you go. All well, the, the states for of all Mexico. of our Mexican listeners. Now, the funny thing is we joke about this all the time uh, over the last month or so. We have no idea why, but we have thousands of downloads now in Mexico for some oh, reason. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we don't speak Spanish. We have, I mean, I've been to Mexico. Miles, you been to Mexico? I was married in Tulum. Oh, there you go. We've been to Mexico. Maybe that's why we're getting a ton of downloads there. But you're divorced, <laughs> so there's that. Well, Linda, we're coming up on the uh, tail end of our podcast, and I want to run through some rapid-fire questions. Okay. okay, are you ready for the rapid-fire? So the rapid-fire is where it's one word or one quick phrase okay. to the rapid-fire questions. You ready <clears throat> to go? I'm ready. All right. So let's talk disruption. How do you disrupt your life in order to spark new growth? Let it go. Love that phrase. Beautiful. Uh, as you've evolved over the years, what is something that you used to believe that you no longer do? Oh. Um, hmm. Remember, this is rapid. I know. Sorry. Let's go back. Let's let's go back to that we'll one. Go back to that one. Okay. <laughs> if you could go back ten years and give your former self advice that would push your evolution forward. What would it be? Um, just stay true to yourself and stay positive. Love it. What challenges have you overcome in your path of evolution? Um, not taking things personally. Okay. Let's go back to the other one. As you have evolved over the years, what is something that you used to believe that you no longer do? Hmm. What did I used to believe? Oh, that you have to follow the norms of the community or the society. I love that. 
one of my favorite That's things. Beautiful. Norms yeah. don't need to be your norm. Final question for you. This is actually not a rapid fire, so you okay. can pontificate <laughs> on this as much as you want. At Evolve, we believe that people evolve their lives by stacking one simple habit on top of another. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't have to be hard. It just has to be consistent. So what's the most important habit you want our listeners to build? I would like them to... Um... When you when you wake up every day, treat it as it's it's a fresh start. Mm -hmm. And you know, whatever happened yesterday, it doesn't matter anymore. Leave it, leave it it's it's in the past, leave it behind you. Keep moving forward towards your goals and your visions and and just keep doing that. It really is that simple. And for our listeners who don't believe that, give it a try. Focus on something else. Look at your past and just say, that doesn't exist. It doesn't serve me anymore. It lives in the past. Leave it there. Beautiful answer. And on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another Evolve podcast. I want to thank our guest, Linda Explorer. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> and my co-host, W. Miles. Uh, and thanks again to Thor, God of Video in the Udo Studio. We've had a great conversation today, and we hope that you, our evolutionary listeners, took something with you that will help you on your personal evolution. Linda Calmetta, what is the best way for people to follow you and your personal growth and evolution? Uh, yes, so you can um, put the maps yeah, you, um, the yeah. maps, wherever you want people to <laughs> I mean, send people. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can. It's not super important. But for if you would like to get a map, you can go to Etsy.com slash shop slash Massive Wanderlust. Massive Wanderlust. I love that. Not and just Wanderlust, but Massive, massive Wanderlust. wanderlust. And Good. we're going to be at, at Park City next summer um, in Park Very City. Cool. So you can find our booth there. If you have not been to Park City in the summertime, you need to make a trip out to Utah because the Park Silly is an amazing place to be. It's on Main Street. There's a lot of vendors. There's a lot of artists that come out there. You can get great food, great music, and amazing booths like Massive Wanderlust and Linda. Uh, you can pick up the maps there. So say that one more time, Etsy.com. Slash shop slash massive wanderlust not minor wanderlust but massive wanderlust well thanks linda and remember oh. folks that it takes time and consistency to evolve but first you have to disrupt but now it's time for you to get out there and evolve and evolve thank you for listening to this episode of the evolve podcast follow us on your favorite podcast app and if you haven't done so please give us a rating as an independent podcast it really helps us get more reach this podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.